This is Take Note, a podcast about paying attention and keeping a notebook. I am Adam, and I am here with my friend Ted, but he's not here. He's across the country in Texas. Ted, how are you? I'm good, Adam. How are you? I'm good. I'm in Illinois. Undisclo- across the country. Undisclosed Who, location. You're across the country from me. I'm not across the country from you. That's a good point. That's a good point. Now that we've got that sorted out, on the show we uh, we start by talking about what we've written in our notebook this week. So, Ted, what do you got? Okay, here we go. Still writing in my Field Notes Shard, Rainbow Shard edition uh, of the... Uh, is that a thing? Oh, Shard. What is it? C-H-A-R-D, shard. the harvest. <laughs> got it. <laughs> the harvest. I'm getting a little tired of it. I, I, I can't get through it yet, but I'm, I'm working at it. Uh, okay, here we go. I opened a drawer to retrieve a pair of Fiskars... Scissors, which are great scissors, by the way. They're widely available. Uh, To cut out the Sunday Times Metropolitan Diary for my daughter. And staring up at me was the red Lamy Safari that has eluded me. It's been lost for weeks now. But here it was in this drawer. I was the Tommy Lee Jones to this Harrison Ford of a pen. I had (laughs) grilled my wife, my kids... Repeatedly, they gave away nothing. I searched every hen house, outhouse, and doghouse between the office and the kitchen, and here it was, staring up at me uh, like a roommate, intrigued but not surprised that I had opened the door to find them there. More investigation remains to explain, for example, the sticky gunk coating the pen's barrel that I had to wipe off, repulsed, not knowing what it was, but for now... It was blood because the pen killed his wife. (laughs) But for now, I'm just happy to have it back in my grasp. The search is over until the inevitable sequel. I love it. It's back. There's not the only thing, the only thing uh, comparably as horrible as losing a pen that you like is the, the glory of finding it again. Adam, what do you got? <laughs> I'm okay. I, I was at the airport for uh, too long a time. Uh, my flight ended up being delayed. So I, I get to the gate, and the pilot is making the delay announcement at the gate, which is unusual. Um, but what he's done is he's taken the little uh, speaker thing, the thing to talk into, from the flight attendant, and he's making the announcement at the gate. I can't really hear what he's saying. So I walk up to the gate, and I said, is it, was it, is it 20 minutes, 15 minutes late or something? He answers yes, and the flight attendant says at least. And then the pilot <laughs> sees my wedding ring. He says, oh, I have the same ring, which, you know, I mean, men's wedding rings, it's not, it's nonsense. I have the same ring, and I just remembered that I forgot to put it on this morning. Uh, so I said, uh, is it your lucky ring? You want mine? And he, he laughed. Later, uh, the pilot's still kind of lingering by the gate. I hear him chatting with passengers while we're delayed. He's talking about how you fly in winds, high winds. And I mean, I, you know, I kind of like that. I, I like when they give you a little bit more information. Um, you know, I like to know, for example, if they tell you when it's going to be turbulent. So, uh, you know, cut to maybe an hour later. Uh, we're on the plane. The plane has uh, not taken off. We're still at the gate. Uh, the plate, all power lost to the plane. So he, he comes out of the cockpit. And he says, uh, I want to tell you what's going on. And he just goes on at length. We're, we're flying to Atlanta. There's a group of people in the back of the plane. Uh, 
laughing, making fun of him, saying, uh, what is the Spirit Airlines, or I'd rather be on Spirit Airlines. The guy says, the, the pilot says, uh, restarting the, the pilot, I'll have you, says restarting the plane. It, it's kind of like, remember Windows 98? You got to, you turn it off and then you turn it back on and everything <laughs> works, except, uh, except uh, in this case, the power didn't come back on. So then we got a D plane and, you know, multiple people are saying what I'm thinking, like, well, at least we're not going to be on this plane. Um, of course, then we reboard the same plane and we all try to forget what we said as we were and what we were thinking as we're getting off the plane. Then he says, this is where I think it starts being a comedy. Then we're in a very long line because of these high winds. And he says, in 15 years of flying out of O'Hare, this is the worst I've ever seen it. Which I think is not what you want to hear from the pilot. No. I think he may have been referring to the wait to take off. But uh, yeah, that was my my trip out of O'Hare. Is it better to have all this info from the pilot or to have the pilot be a voiceless deity who exists in an alternate plane in which everything is always fine? Deity. Deity, deity, deity. I don't need yeah, for real. like dad jokes from the pilot, you know. Yeah. What, did you think he really forgot his ring? I don't. I think he's crazy. Because that well, the, it only begs yeah, yes. the question: What do you I think do? He did forget his ring, ring off and I think, it back on all the time. I think he forgot his ring, and I think um, this pilot was like me, but I don't want a pilot like me. Like a, he was. <laughs> He was a pilot who says almost every thought that enters his mind. <laughs> and the whole plane was making fun of him for how much information he was sharing with us constantly. Um, wow. And that's not what you want from a pilot. No. It's... Yeah. Ted, what do you got? Okay. My friend Zach, talking to him on the phone. Topic comes up near and dear to my heart, the Renaissance Festival. Now I'm a recent... I'm a recent arrival to this genre we haven't gone yet this year but we're planning my you may recall my uh halloween costume is going to be repurposed my viking i was talking to my friend zach about this and he says oh yeah uh man i have this memory of with my dad that we went out to the renaissance festival we're gonna work there and we trained to manage like the rat maze gambling booth, <laughs> which I didn't, I don't remember that existing, but it's not hard to imagine. Perhaps it's, it's no longer exists there. And he said, but I can't, I don't remember ever actually working at the Renaissance Festival. Like, I don't think we carried through with it. We just trained on the rat maze gambling booth and then never did it. I thought that was, yeah, that's because, would have been a great short story. That's because Hank forgot to lock the rat cage the day before the fair opened. Yeah, we're not, we're not going to need you guys. Yeah. You're off the hook. Because we certified you in uh, rat maze gambling operations, but uh, <laughs> you're going to need to find a uh, another job that's looking for that kind of experience. Yeah, we got we got an opening in uh, letting people shoot all the shoot arrows, <laughs> shoot bows and arrows. I guess no? it's called archery. <laughs> yeah, well, you got. We need someone to go and retrieve all the arrows. You what? You don't want to? No. Uh, okay. Well, just we'll keep looking. 
Uh, yeah, we had to. We had to. We were planning on going to the Ren Fest. The flu got in our way. Got to reschedule, but I'm still excited. It's that crisp feeling in the air that feels somehow medieval. <laughs> what do you got, Adam? <laughs> I'm just thinking about uh, in Renaissance times. The flu gets in the way. They're all dead, right? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Why do we keep losing our rat maze operators? <laughs> Why? I don't get it. What's the through line? Uh, and we go go find another twelve year old boy. See if he does all right. All right. What I, do you got, Adam? I got an automatic. What do you got? Okay. This is one when it happens. You know, it goes on the show. So I walked up to an Irishman and I told him that. Uh, that his fly was down? Sure. And he said, uh, oh, it's all right. The dead bird isn't going to fall out of the nest. <laughs> How did you know he was Irish? Was he draped in an Irish flag? No, I've been talking to him. I, I know the guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's good stuff. He said it in an Irish accent, but I didn't. Yeah. No, that's yeah. that's all right. We can all hear it. We can all hear it. Uh, so for the first time in my life, I used the ruler on the back cover of the field notes for an actual practical purpose. What did you use it for? I don't know. It's barely barely a blip on the radar. It was more just the act. I think I was was trying to print out a name tag for myself and I had to measure the little plastic case that I had to see what its actual height and width. Dumbest thing ever. But I needed to measure something in the real world, which, I mean, still, despite all of our technological advances, requires that you have a ruler. And I, I needed one. What, are you printing your own name three... Well, it was kind of a rogue operation. <laughs> I could have requested run you try, from, you know, you try to whoever, get free coffee would, from a conference you're not attending. <laughs> I would have had to like figure out who manages the name tag. That's that's 2 hours of my my work life down the drain when I could spend 3 hours trying to uh, measure <laughs> measure the plastic holder and go into Photoshop and make my own. Um yeah, but I but there there was and I, I I opened it I I looked at my notebook and I thought, do they even are those even back there anymore? And I had this terrible vision that the moment I actually needed one would be like, No, we we discontinued that practice with the previous issue. No, there was. Yeah, they're useful. There I, was. I don't know, I use them all the time. I can't even think of an example of when I used it. Because um, they're too boring. All the examples are too boring. It's more the presence of the ruler that's important. It's not about the exam. It's not about my name tag. Right. Anyway, that was exciting for me. That's very exciting. Um, the thing you I just kept announcing was boring. It's very exciting. <laughs> I uh, I quit using Twitter. Speaking of the dead bird. Yeah. And, I, you know, all the weird, all the stuff, like, there's plenty of people more competent than, than you or I. What if I just stopped there and didn't put the qualifier? No. Um, Speak for yourself, buddy. <laughs> who, can, who can chronicle all the weirdness, but, 
but the I mean what's interesting to me is that for for whatever reasons I was motivated to to log off and I've had a like many people I've had a fraught relationship over the years with it where you know the desire to feel like you're in tune with what's going on and the desire to share a little how clever you are and little quips and also you know more sincerely too I like hyping up people like great music I'm listening to or whatever and that's always seems like a good vehicle um but I I got out of it got out of the loop and just what I think is interesting um for the for the in the context of our podcast is that um that energy whatever part of my brain wanted to engage with Twitter I have redirected into my notebook if you can believe it given that that's what this show is all about so what does that what does that look like? You know, it looks like um, it looks like a, a more uh, more notes in my notebook as I flip through my harvest. Many of them are shorter. You notice it really is honestly like some of these thoughts that um, that you go like, oh, there's a tweet. I'm actually thinking, oh, I'll write that in my notebook. Now, I think the result of this in part is. That's no. I who care who I don't even care about that. And without the <laughs> without the promise or the, the false promise of an immediate audience, it you just sort of can edit it down to zero very quickly. So I think that's part of it. But it's also just being a little more flexible with my notebook and saying, you know, this this is not some deep personal thing, it's more like an observation and I'm but I'm still gonna write it down. And, um, you know, it, it, when you write something in your notebook, as opposed to tweeting it or, you know, posting it anywhere on social media, I think you're, you're kind of more agreeing to talk with yourself about it later, which I think is potentially richer and more interesting than tweeting it out and thinking, oh, people sure are going to like this. And then, you know, that part of you that worries, quote unquote, about how many people will like it. Uh, it? It disengages that loop and starts another loop of like, you know, being a note to yourself fundamentally, um, which I think is good. I, I, I think I tend to shy away from like observational notes in my notebook, like Jerry Seinfeld, like, oh, why you always, why, why do you always lose the sock in the dryer? And I tend more towards, you know, the, the, the what do you gots that we read, the like, you know, an anecdote that has some greater context. So it's it's led me to be a little more um a little more open and flexible with what I'm writing in my notebook. And it's good. It's good. I'm writing little divider lines a lot more, you know, just here's my one thought. Zoop draw a line under it, you know, signal to myself kind of visually like that's a little discreet thing. Keep keep Hopping, just keep hopping from one to the next. You see, you're just um, writing your tweets in your notebook. I mean, it's <laughs> sort of like that, but it's kind of like I think there's less, less of this pressure to write like the perfect quip. You know, like a tweet is something that you think, oh, you know, let me just be prepared if this goes viral that it won't. You know, there's not a typo. This is or the something. one. This, this is, is the it. one. This Fame is the one. 
Fame and fortune will follow. Rolling the rolling the the dice and maybe um, maybe Flea will retweet <laughs> this uh, sharp uh, political commentary on gun control that I've just made. It better be. I better make it perfect so that my one shot is not wasted. Yeah. If this, if Flea sees this, I'm gonna. Yeah. I mean, uh, I I I hear you. Obviously, it's it's for the better. I uh I guess I got two thoughts. First, I'm out of my my usual pen, the uh the the Signo that puts down a lot of ink. Um, it puts down a lot of ink, so I run out of them really quickly. So I'm working with a a Uniball Jetstream 1.0. It doesn't put down as much ink, and I've noticed that uh I'm writing a lot more just because um <laughs> it takes a while to fill up a page, um, and so. You know, I'm uh, it's sort of the anti-tweet too, in a way that I'm not yeah. I'm not writing down something very pithy. I'm going a little deeper, in what mm-hmm. I'm writing down. I mean, that's not exactly what you're doing, right? You're sort of saying that these things that might have been, might have been tweets. You're uh, you're not looking for an audience, so I'm not. You know, but what I'm talking about is just a a little different. I find myself writing down a little bit more, getting a little more detail. Um, it's yeah, it's. I don't know, it's kind of interesting. So that that's my one thought about how I've been using my notebook. Um, I haven't been tw- tweeting either, but uh, I, I was going to make a big deal about it. Um, <laughs> the other <laughs> thought I have is uh, it's related to uh, to show I went to a couple nights ago. Uh, James Acaster, who's the best stand-up comedian, we all know that. Uh, he was in town and uh, um, went and saw him. And it was a great show. Show's called Heckler's Welcome. I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be his next stand up show. It was fantastic, um, and uh, big James A. Caster fan. I've got his book, um, James A. Caster's Guide to Quitting Social Media, and Being the Best You You Can Be and Saving Yourself from Loneliness, Volume One. Um, it's it's a it's a big goofy book. It's not serious, but uh. I mean, I think it is kind of serious, but it's just a real goofy book. Like, uh, it's all about how he was the only guy on MySpace for the first six years. You know, lots of lots of funny stuff like that in there. It's um, so after the show, I decided I I brought the book and I decided, you know, I've met I've met like one celebrity before, Levon Helm, and James A. Caster to me is he's like he's Levon Helm of stand up comedy. This will be my next uh, <laughs> this will be the next comedian who I'd like to meet and just say a couple words to. And my wife thrilled by this idea. Um, so there's there's a few other dorks waiting in the lobby hoping to meet James A. Caster. And, um, I mean, not dorks, whatever. You know, there's a few other people waiting in the lobby hoping to meet James A. Caster. And uh, we uh, Usher gives us the indication that he'll probably come through the lobby. And then 10 minutes later, 15 minutes later, Usher gives us the indication that he has already left. And uh, <laughs> so my wife and I, we walk out of there. And as we walk past the theater, there's a little crowd down an alley. And so uh, I go, walk down, and and he's out there, maybe a dozen other people, wait in line. I'm the only one who brought anything that, I, that you know, product of his that I'd paid for to have signed that I could see. And I didn't want to ask for a photo or anything. So, I you know, I had him sign the book, and I told him, you know, without making a fool of myself, what, what he'd meant to me. Because uh, I think I mentioned on the show, probably, but... Uh, during like any stressful part of the pandemic, really for me, 
I, I didn't have that rough of a pandemic. You know, I was very lucky. But whenever I was stressed out, my wife would say, just go watch those A-caster specials again. Just watch me. And it worked, you know. So and in that heightened time, he means, uh, he means a great deal to me because that was the thing that would just, like, always work to calm me down. Anyway, so I, I said that a little more eloquently to him. And uh, he seemed to really appreciate it. And he signed in my book, which is called James A. Caster's Guide to Quitting Social Media, Being the Best You You Can Be, and Saving Yourself from Loneliness, Volume 1. He wrote, just fucking quit, James A. Caster. <laughs> which, uh, I don't know. I actually think it's, it is a joke, but there's a lot of wisdom in the same way that that book is 200 pages of goofiness, but there's a lot of wisdom in it. Um, you know, it is just, it's, it is prying on our attention. And if this show is about paying attention um then there's something to be said for acknowledging regularly uh you are just giving up your attention with social media yeah. you're not getting anything and it's 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 just a yeah. trick they're making us think that uh we're getting something right yeah i mean it's so it's funny to hear a a comedian talk about you know quitting social media and it's funny to you know even having a podcast where we are communicating to other people talking about quitting social media because social media i think the sell the trick that you're talking about is like if you just post on here all the time people will see it and they will uh great things will happen and i you know i think we have engaged with some some new folks and you know listeners to the show and that's a, a that's a nice thing and i think some people experience that a lot um but i think at the end of the day for me the the perception of that or the expectation of that always fell short and so i think you're like if you can really honestly say this platform is like bringing me something unique and interesting like sure go for it but but for me there it wasn't honest i wasn't being honest with myself and uh you know if i channeled that same energy into this podcast that's a much for me that's a much better way of uh, spending my attention and spending my energy rather than some cyclical sort of non-rewarding um cycle um which you know that's like what an addiction is so it's it's good to evaluate your addictions and uh and try and keep the balance as much as possible but i i I think that what this podcast offers that that doesn't is the context and the reflection and the connection with you at the very bare minimum and you know the idea being that other people can connect with with that um with that too it's like you just got to evaluate what you're getting out of something and right and when you jump out of the hamster wheel sometimes it becomes more clear i didn't realize that i was going to make this connection but if i'm honest with myself do i get more out of social media or do i get more out of watching james a caster's four interconnected netflix specials that were all released on the same time just on a loop right like what's better for me <laughs> at night honestly uh if when i'm instead of endless scrolling if i am endless watching the repertoire series by james a caster like mm-hmm. the answer there's no doubt 
doesn't matter how many times I watch that, it's going to be more valuable. Um, not that there isn't valuable stuff on social media, but the uh, that that's what makes it tough, right? The you get like a clever John Dickerson insight or yep. uh, something interesting about silent movies. You know, I've 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 unfollowed all the Houston Astros stuff um, since you <laughs> left and created. How long has it been since you created your own Twitter profile? Are we going on well, like was two it months? A month? Maybe, maybe. Yeah, but it's done. It's gone now. Yeah. you were right. Yeah, but I but I will say I did resist turning that into a. Uh, another screaming voice into the void i i was very reasonable in my behaviors on it but even that wasn't enough yeah to keep me there well since you've had all this time i was going to ask if um you've been able to you know kind of pay more attention to the world around you not be distracted by all of twitter i mean you didn't really claim any deep like um reconnection with world events but should we? Do you want to take the New York Times news quiz just live on the show, and we'll see how you do? Now that you sure, yeah, gonna, hit me. No, I'm just kidding. We're not gonna do that. No, I, I mean, I think when I when I'm sitting at the computer at work, you know, half of the pull of Twitter is just my brain being like, need stimulus. So I think one thing I've done to sort of compensate for that feeling of like being in tune is I just made a Google spreadsheet, Google Doc spreadsheet with like. Uh, six or seven like websites that I like that if I'm you know feeling twitchy I can go to that list and just like click through to one of them most of them are news sites but you know baseball sites and simple stuff like obvious things but when I see them in a list like that I'm like oh I can just go there and actually read an article yeah I mean some uh, to me it's the it's as simple as as that like Twitter I mean part of it was just it's disorienting even you describing John Dickerson followed immediately by by silent movies. I had the same like flashback to the Twitter sense of disorientation from just so many subjects being flung about in succession that are not related to one another and I part of why I wanted to get out of that had nothing to do with current events. It was just the acknowledgement that I I I feel disoriented there too frequently to not just go and read long articles that are about one thing a complete thought beginning middle and end and at least feel like i have spent a little bit of time engaging with one topic so that's been my sort of replacement strategy it's my my nicotine gum of uh of being on the internet is to just read articles instead of tweets which you know it's not the world's most perfect solution but Hopefully yeah. I learned a little bit sure more about the world. It's great. Yeah. It's a great solution. <laughs> you know, uh, the, 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 the real advantage of Elon Musk being a questionable leader for this platform is you are not the only podcast. I've heard another podcaster say that uh, they're on like a, a Twitter hiatus too. It is making everyone, not everyone, it is making some people reconsider, which is a great unintended consequence of this changeover right like um if this guy is gonna be a guy who tweets misinformation <laughs> and he's in charge it just you have to ask yourself what you're doing and it's a great opportunity to go like do i you know is this what i should be doing yeah i mean that's that's the age we're in like the age of uh of 
naive social media use is just it's come and gone and think about think about who you're giving your data to is kind of how the the most base kind of reconsideration question to me and like what are you giving your time to i mean i quit facebook a while ago and i had that same feeling like well i, I what if i'm out of the loop nobody noticed i barely noticed uh once i <laughs> once i got the compulsion to type fa into the browser uh address bar once that was gone it made no difference whatsoever my life my life was better it was like one just i don't know recurring badly designed web page freed freed from that um and i don't know that's that's the i think elon musk knows that a bunch of people are addicted to this and that he, he when people are hooked on something that's probably pretty good business now he may bungle his way out of that who knows but i don't know um one, paying one, attention to what your brain is doing and why it's doing it important yeah it, uh, okay so i do think it would be easier to ditch all these things uh like in a month or so or in the next month when cocky comes back up right because that was before yeah. he took his hiatus um that was the thing where i was like wait what on the internet makes me happy or engages yeah. me and i'd go there and so it, it has really been a rough uh six months without uh org being there but um the other really exciting thing right now is that it really seemed like facebook and twitter were going to be there forever yeah. right and even to a lesser extent instagram and right now that is really really being tested right they're uh yeah. they're losing all their ad revenue and everything and it is wonderful to think that it could all come falling down um and we could um i don't know we could return to what it used to be yeah i, I, mean, I don't even know a, what that means exactly yeah. but uh it's kind of it's to me it feels like it feels like um breaking a little bit of the mental shackles kind of one person at a time stopping and thinking wait what am i Wait, what's the value in this? And, uh, you know, sort of sh shutting it down and turning away towards something else. Like, that only feels like a good thing. Yeah, um, the value has... The value has, has probably never been worth the cost. Yeah, oh, I mean, I think that's clear. Right? And it's... Well, and yeah, now it's clear. I mean, yes. now it's clear. There was always... There's always that. <laughs> speaking... Seeking is a podcast that did not develop a social media following. The value has never <laughs> been worth the cost. Um, yeah. Thank God. Yep. We touched that bullet, right? Yep. But you can follow us on LinkedIn now. <laughs> Let's do this again next week, Adam. What do you say? Sounds good, Ted. All right. You can find us on the internet at takenote.space. You know, that's where I want to keep putting some of this energy to is on our blog. I, I wrote a couple new blog posts. Um, go check them out, reflecting on Yellowstone and the influence of Larry McMurtry on Yellowstone that I was excited to read in an Atlantic uh, article. That's one little, little bit you can find on our site. Uh, if you find it in your heart to support the podcast, we have a Patreon. 
it's at patreon.com slash take note if you already support the show man that is awesome it's uh just giving us uh a little a little wind in our sails to keep things going keep things fresh which we love to do so thank you so much and if you're not a patron you don't have to be but in december we're going to send you a zine so this would be the time you know maybe throw in two bucks instead of one buck if you're joining this late in the year just so we can cover the cost of printing and shipping but uh but the zine is i would describe it as like three quarters done and that last quarter might be rough but but we're determined to get it out um to you before the end of the year and uh i think it's i think it's going to be something kind of special so definitely awesome take care